Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ways to save more and spend less. Don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in a few minutes, I got a warning for you about a Facebook breach, what you need to know, what you need to be aware of. It's today's Clark Rage. And coming up yet later, there's an easy way through the Black Friday holiday period for you to make the internet connection in your home more reliable and do it cheaply and have faster service in your home as well. I'll fill you in. We're going to talk right now about something that has been a frustration of mine, and that is how many people get a notice of a recall on a vehicle involving something, that, a, a serious safety item, and just don't get around to getting it done. There's just data recently that found that you have about a one in three chance that your vehicle has an open safety recall on it that either you don't know about or you haven't gotten anything done about it. Now, I want you to think about that. Serious safety recall that you haven't gotten done. Not all of them are going to be ultra-serious, but some of them could mean the difference between life and death, and you just don't know. Maybe you moved. Maybe the automaker sent it to the wrong address. Most often when you buy a vehicle used, you're not going to know because it's not going to find its way to you that there is a recall that could involve something dangerous. Or maybe you just forgot about it. You've been busy. You haven't gotten to it. So I want you to know there's a website that you can go to and very easily check to see if there's anything outstanding in terms of a recall on a vehicle you drive that is something that you need to get taken care of. It's safercar.gov, S-A-F-E-R, safercar.gov. And just go there, plug in the information about your vehicle, and you'll know. Now, there's been one very serious safety recall that has been an abject failure, not on the part of you and me as consumers, but on the part of the automotive industry. And that involves the Takata airbags. Many of us have received notice of these airbag recalls, but the automakers, even though they notify us, they also tell us at the same time they don't have the parts to fix it. And these Takata airbags are potentially life-threatening because they spontaneously can erupt when nothing's going on and send out sharp metal shards that can be fatal. I mean, that's an ugly one, and the industry in that case has let us down. Most of the time, it's us letting ourselves down, knowing there's something out there and not getting it taken care of. So remind yourself, find out what you may not know. Again, safercar.gov. Jerry joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Clark. How are you today? I'm having a great day, thank you. You have Super. a question well, for me about your investments with one of my favorite children. I absolutely do. And, 
Yeah, I am uh, 63 years old. I'm semi-retired with a pension. I decided about three years ago that I, I wasn't very good at retirement, so I went ahead and, and went back to work. Uh, but the uh, the good news is I haven't had to touch my nest egg, which is with one of your favorites. And Which one um, of my children are you with? I'm with Fidelity, and okay. I've been with them for a good long time. I've got about a 40-60 split between bonds and stocks. Uh, which seemed appropriate. Uh, my account is set up actually in, in four different areas. I've got some taxable. I've got some rollover IRA from a variety of different things. And I've got a couple of Roths, uh, one for my wife and one for myself. Um, I've been kind of watching these, but not, not all that closely, quite frankly, over the last few years. For a long time, I just put money in and didn't worry about highs and lows. Uh, in the last couple of years, I uh, haven't been investing as much. Um, and, of course, the market's done pretty well, which made me look like a genius. But, in fact, um, I, I got to looking at some uh, some numbers just recently, and it showed that my performance level was less than half of the S&P 500. Now, I only make a trade once or twice a year, so uh, I can't say that I'm an active trader. My question is, uh, given my situation, should I consider managed funds with Fidelity? I I hear that they charge a little bit more, but I'm just kind of wondering if maybe I should pass the ball to them. All right. So first of all, earning less than the S&P 500 is where you would be with a balanced portfolio. The idea of the balanced portfolio you're doing is that it protects you to some degree when the market turns down, but when the market's rising, being in a balanced portfolio, you're going to receive less than if you're in a pure 100% stock market portfolio. And so really to compare, if you're really lagging the market, you would want to see what the average return has been over that time period in a classic balance fund to 60-40. And you oh, may okay. be happier with your performance than you're giving yourself credit for. But in oh, the ca- well, that's encouraging. <laughs> in the case, yeah, well, because you can't expect to track with a pure all-stock portfolio when you're not doing an all-stock portfolio. Mm-hmm. But Fidelity has the Go program. Is that what you're referring to, Fidelity Go? I've talked to my representative a couple times, and he he seems to be pushing me towards what they call managed funds, which are a separate set of funds that, you know, their their managers, uh, I I don't know if they call it the Go program. Let me tell you about Go, and, and so the terminology matters. So the Go program is where Fidelity has you're assigned to a go team and it's not like being with a traditional financial advisor where you're paying them one percent to not just manage your money but to advise you about things involving estate planning and all that what the go team will do is for 0.35 of a percent they will manage your mix of investments and make sure they're right as they can be for the goals you're trying to achieve with the money you've worked so hard to save over the years. And so, okay. so if you do the search term Fidelity Go, read how that works and see if that meets your needs because then you're getting uh, not true hand-holding like you're supposed to have with somebody you're paying 1%, but you're going to get that 
allocation, ongoing allocation guidance and management, if you wish, through the with the funds you have or whatever funds they feel you should have, and you'll still pay a very low fee for that guidance. Oh, that's interesting, they, because they've been talking to me about managed funds where I would actually sell all the funds that I have and buy these special managed funds, and uh, you know they would manage them for me. So uh, with, what Fidelity Go does, and I'm not sure if what they're describing to you is what Go does, that's why I want you to go read the Fidelity okay. Go briefing, is they come up with a mix of investments that the Go team's algorithms feel are right for where you are in your life at 63 and the goals you want this money to achieve for you. And so look at that, and that would be potentially a step if you feel like you're at a point where you're not paying enough attention to it, you don't want to blow it, and so for roughly a third of a point per year, you're getting the professional management from a go team using their method of making sure your allocations are right. So that would be an option. Kathy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Kathy. You have a question for me about college scholarships. Yes, I do. I've heard you talking about FastWeb. Uh, my son is a senior in high school, so we signed up for an account with FastWeb. But I have a little bit of a red flag because most of these scholarships are surveys you have to take, and then you have you can enter, you know, kind of almost like a drawing to win. And I'm just wondering, is this a legitimate situation? So, I've never heard that specific issue or complaint about FastWeb. The idea okay. of FastWeb is that a huge number of the scholarships available are very partial. You might have to write an essay. You might have to do uh, something where you, your, uh, you know, your parents went to this school or that school, or they you want to go study in the business school at this school, and so you're putting together a lot of essays, a lot of applications for what I would call micro-targeted scholarships. And okay. so that's the design and that's the idea of FastWeb. I have not heard a complaint like you talked about. about there is, there is uh, from time to time, they'll do kind of like a free sweepstakes where you can enter and somebody will win some amount of scholarship money in the sweepstakes. But that's not their normal thrust. Their normal deal is about helping you identify the needle in a haystack scholarship. Okay, great. So I just wanted to make sure that this would be worth my son's time because the couple that have pulled up, well, there's actually 72 that they matched that would be a good fit for him. And so we've seen about probably about 10 of these where you have to fill out some sort of survey. For example, what are your opinions about um, technology addiction, you know, and, and so he fills out a survey and then they say, now you'll be entered, you know, in a drawing for a chance to win a thousand dollars. And I was saying, I don't know if this is the best use of your time. Yeah, I would okay. forget. I would forget any of those and just look at the okay. others that are specifically about targeted scholarships. I heard recently about someone who found one on FastWeb that was a $500 scholarship that was for something they did with an essay they submitted to a Kiwanis club. I mean, how are you even going to yeah. know about something like that and find it? But they right. found it through right. a, a fast web search. 
Okay. Thank you, Clark. That helps. Sure. And uh, by the way, I must tell you, you are a classic member of Team Clark because you helped me because you're the first person who's ever brought up the fact that there could be some junk at FastWeb as well as the good stuff. So I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for all you do. And best of luck to your son in college. Has he targeted where he wants to go? Uh, Yes. He's already received two acceptances, actually. Really? Yes. yes, he got he got on the uh, the early you know the early application deadlines, and two of the schools he's looking at have the rolling what they call a rolling acceptance, and so they as soon as they receive the application, they process everything, they get the transcripts from the high school, and so he's received two acceptance letters. I'm really proud of him. Well, that is really great. So the next step is if a number of schools take him, he has to play hard to get and convince yeah. them why they need to give him more scholarship money from the school so that he'll yeah. go to that school versus another. That's right. So I hope he's really successful in that quest. And, and best to you, because I hope he is successful so there's less money pressure for paying for that education. Today's Clark Rageous Moment has to do with the issue of your privacy and when private really means private. Rip-offs. Outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. The BBC now reports that a huge number of Facebook users who use the private messaging feature on Facebook have had their accounts hacked and the information of the private messages that in many circumstances can be very, very embarrassing to people personally, are now up for sale by people in the hacker community that are trying to turn this into a revenue source. So the accounts are being sold. They've compromised so many. Okay, this is a stunner. Would-be blackmailers can buy them on the dark web for $0.10 an account. They can get access to your private messages done on Facebook. So in terms of the number of people, there are many wild estimates. The hackers claim that they have been able to compromise 120 million Facebook accounts, and the accounts are uh, from the U.S., the U.K., and a sample of other countries, and these messages, some of them are being paraded out there, whetting the appetite of potential buyers who may be interested in blackmail or whatever, and they seem to be genuine. The BBC has checked with people whose private messages have been exposed by the hackers and said, hey, is this you? They've been able to confirm again and again. So I'm sorry to frighten you, if you are somebody who sends, uses the private messaging feature on Facebook, what I want you to know is that if you are going to engage in private messaging with people, and the private messages are such that if they became known, would be a potential embarrassment to you, personally or professionally, you need to use encrypted messaging services. If you're doing emails, I've told you in the past, you may not have heard me, 
about Proton Mail. Proton Mail is a free email service that if you do Proton Mail to Proton Mail, it is completely fully encrypted. There will be no risk, except maybe spy agencies may have an ability, who knows. But, uh, but it will be a way to protect yourself. With any messaging you're doing, do it outside of a social media app if it is of a sensitive nature. Even if it's texting, there are a number of text messaging apps that offer end-to-end encryption that would protect you from being hit by a blackmailer who wants to embarrass you or worse. Just know, be careful. Private does not always mean private. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. And you got free off-the-air advice available to you at your convenience from a member of Team Clark. It's available Monday to Friday. Well, I guess that's not fully at your convenience because we don't have it on Saturday and Sunday, but over 40 hours each week, you can get free off-the-air advice. If you scroll down a little at Clark.com, you'll see the phone number and hours available to talk with a member of Team Clark. So I get a number of complaints from people that they sign up for high-speed internet, usually from a cable company offering maybe a one-gig service or something like that, and then in their home, the internet seems no faster than before, and they feel like they're getting cheated by the cable company that's marketing this ultra-high-speed internet, so why is everything so pokey slow in the house? The reason usually is not that the cable company is lying to you, or if you find the rare phone company internet that they claim is going to be real fast. In those cases, it's not them lying to you. It is actually that the wireless router you're using in your house is not up to the task. The good news is that through the Christmas shopping season, and especially through the Black Friday weeks, you're going to see offer after offer for a technology that may not be on your radar at all. It's known as wireless mesh. And wireless mesh systems are available from all the people you used to buy just plain old routers from, And this year, they're going to be affordable. What happens with a wireless mesh is a couple of things. One, you always are up to date automatically protecting your system and your devices from known viruses because it's done over the internet where you are protected. You have an app on your phone that walks you through where to place the wireless network in your home because you buy these little typically round disks that you place at various places in your house as the app tells you to so that you have an identical high-speed signal in every corner nook and cranny of your home based on the square footage of your home most homes in the united states need three of these disks or as they're often called, pods. 
through the Black Friday shopping period. On Clark Deals, we'll have the latest deals on these, but you know you're at a really sweet spot when you can get a pack of three for $150. They allow you, on the one hand, to take advantage of the faster speeds that may be being marketed to you from the cable company or the phone company for the internet connection coming into your home, and then at the same time, give you that experience wherever you are in your home. And we have had this for a while. We had a funny thing happen at our house. It wasn't really funny at the time talking back about it, that I had a revolt on my hands in my house because the internet kept going down and everybody in my family kept blaming me that it was these wireless discs I'd put around the house for the wireless mesh. And I went on the, the app, and it turned out the problem was with the internet connection from the, uh, the high-speed internet provider. In our case, it was the phone company, had a service call. They came in, and it turned out one of our wires from the street had been shredded partially. And so the internet was going up, down, up, down. The speed was terrible. As soon as it was fixed, everything was fine. Although our son seems to still have high-speed internet PTSD and <laughs> insists that the internet's still not any good in our house. But it is. Um, some of the big players with these devices, Google, they seem to be in on everything, Netgear, um, Linksys, Eero, TP-Link. TP-Link is the one that tends to offer the most promotional prices on these wireless mesh things. The setup is ultra easy, and you don't have to worry so much about having repeaters or anything like that. The wireless mesh just creates a mesh of high speed in your home. Uh, By the way, a lot of small businesses use these now as well. Christine's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Christine. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Christine. You are considering taking advantage of the fact that credit freezes are now free, but you want to make sure you get everything in the right order. Is that true? Correct. I want to make sure that I have all the accounts that I need set up before I finalize the freeze, such as Credit Karma, my Social Security account, that kind of thing. Well, that, I mean, you just named two of the key steps you should do, and that is sign up with Credit Karma and Credit Sesame. Sign up with both of them while your credit's thawed. And then you're able to track what's going on with your credit reports, your scores. Um, You're able with Credit Karma to have free credit monitoring, which hopefully nothing would be happening with your credit frozen. And My Social Security, how'd you know about that? Almost nobody knows about that. Well, I knew that when we stopped getting our statements. Then I went online and looked and I saw that we needed to set up that account in order to see our um, the statements that used to come in the mail. That is exactly right. And there's an additional reason that's become very important to do the My Social Security is there have been criminals that are impersonating people, changing the information with Social Security And let's say uh, someone decides they're going to delay taking Social Security and they don't even realize a crook 
is getting their social security every month as if they are them and so having a my social security account is really valuable because you can make sure there's no funny stuff going on but it has to be set up before your credit is frozen if your credit's frozen you have to thaw it first to set up a my social security so those did i miss sorry go ahead I was just saying, did I miss anything? Is there anything? I mean, I have good credit, so I don't need any more credit or anything like that. I just, I was, I feel like I'm missing something. No, you you have done the things, you've done the right things. And so once you have set up Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, and My Social Security, go ahead and freeze your credit. And the only thing that I recommend is if, not your case, but for other people who may think, you know what, I want one of those new reward cards that's out right now. Just go ahead and apply for it before you put the credit freezes in place. But if, okay. you, if you're happy with all the credit you've got and all that, just go for it. Okay. And I will follow your guide on your website, too. Well, I love the way we've done the guide on Clark.com. Mm-hmm. You know, we've become steadily more sophisticated with how to do it is we've heard feedback from people where they get confused, where they get uh, thrown off track along the way. We've been able to refine it so that we make it as simple as it can be to set up a credit freeze. Once you go to the credit bureau sites and all that, you should have your three freezes set up in under 15 minutes. Okay. That sounds great. Well, best to you, and I'm glad you're getting it done. A lot more people have done credit freezes than ever have in the past, especially now that they're free. If it's something you intended to get around to but you haven't, please get it done because if you don't, with more and more people doing credit freezes, the number of targets for the crooks is narrowing and there's an increasing set of odds that you're going to become the target for an identity thief. Jolene is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jolene. How are you Hi, doing Clark. today? Thanks for, good. Thanks for taking my question. Certainly. I uh, like the convenience of the online uh, payment apps where you can uh, send money to friends if you're splitting a dinner and things like that, but I'm wary of linking it to my bank account, uh, and I now know some of them offer uh, a credit card option uh, because I don't want to necessarily link it to a credit card either because they, they charge a transaction percentage so now they're coming out with their own credit card what do you think of that whole process so uh, who's in particular are you interested in venmo so the venmo is a it's a debit card it's not the same as a debit card that you would get tied into a checking account at a bank and it's not the same as a stored value card it's kind of in its own space somewhere in between. So I would say if you wanted to use it for small routine purchases, it would be okay, but I would not use it for big purchases where your waiver of consumer protections that you have when you use a debit card instead of a credit card, the risks are too high. You never want to use it for, let's say, an airline ticket or a cruise or a major purchase. Um, But if you are out getting a sandwich at a sandwich shop and you want to use 
the Venmo debit card just fine. You, I mean, any small things you do, they're A-OK. Okay. So, I, you know, that's the thing with, with the debit card versus credit card. It's really the fault of the Congress that we don't have consumer protections on the debit cards and the Congress was really responding to the overwhelming lobbying power of the banks in an era where the banks give so much money to the politicians, and that's why debit cards have uh, such an inferior environment they operate in versus credit cards, which when they came of age in a different era, the banks didn't have all the power on, in a corrupt Washington, and consumer protection solid ones were put in place. Okay. So does that help? How often do you use Venmo? I'm curious. Not very often because I'm, <laughs> I'm still hesitant with it. I just use it with uh, close friends or if I'm, you know. Uh, well, that's that's where I'm most comfortable. You just said when I'm where I'm most comfortable with it. Venmo is fantastic to exchange money among close friends or family. And that's where I think it works best. But okay, you could also, you. if you, one thing I want to say, if you have a balance in your account, you can always transfer that balance to your existing credit union or bank account instead of leaving money deposited in the Venmo account. Okay. And that is a perfectly valid and reasonable alternative for you to consider. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com. Producer Joel asks your question for you. All right, Clark Perry wrote in. He said, I heard you talking about a new cell phone service where you can get unlimited talk and text for $10 a month and 15 bucks if you want more gigs of data. What was that again? Okay, so that one was called Unreal Mobile. And for 10 a month, you get unlimited talk and text, one gig of data. If you want two gigs of data, it's 15 a month. And you have a choice between the AT&T network or the Sprint network with Unreal Mobile, you're able to bring your own phone with you, or if you want to buy one, they sell a very large variety of phones, and this is owned by people who started a service years ago that people have hated the customer no service with a company called Freedom Pop. I don't ever hear any complaints about Unreal Mobile, and I've actually tested it and I uh, did that earlier this year, and it worked flawlessly. All right, and Jason wants to know, what are the best websites to research flight deals? So I like going to something called uh, kayak.com slash explore. You go to kayak.com slash explore, you can put in your departure point, and it will show you a map of the world and of the United States, and you can zero in wherever you're interested in, and will show you the lowest fare they know of available to any place around the globe at this time. You can have it just do it for travel over the next 12 months, a specific month, specific number of months, and it's a great tool to find the needle in a haystack of deals that may be available out there. In addition, when you're searching for fares, I think that google.com slash flights, google.com slash flights is the best fare search engine that exists today. 
There are any of a number of others that people love, though, beyond those two tools. If you go to our travel tip section at Clark.com, you'll see a bunch of other fair search things that people do. If you are one of the people, though, like me, that goes wherever the deal is in the world, look at scottscheapflights.com. It's a subscription service that finds weirdo deals as they pop up. All right, Everett wrote in. He says, Clark, I know you are a fervent believer in electric vehicles, and I can see them working in a lot of areas. I, however, live in the southern part of South Carolina. Hurricanes and major storms are a way of life. I've lived here for 23 years, and I've had to evacuate many times, often sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic for 15 hours just to drive 130 miles to a safe location, and then I've been flooded out once I got there. My question is, how on earth would an all-electric vehicle deal with not being able to recharge and maybe for days on end? That is a great question, and you are the second person who has asked me that question in the aftermath of the parade of hurricanes we've had the last two years. The answer I gave last time is that if you want to reduce your cost of uh, fuel consumption a whole lot, go with what's known as a plug-in hybrid. A version of that would be the Chevy Volt, V-O-L-T. Toyota has the Prius Prime plug-in. There are any of a number of these now. Uh, Kia has one. Hyundai has one where you plug the vehicle in and you get so many miles of electric-only range a day. Depending on the vehicle, usually 25 to 50 miles a day electric-only. So for so much regular driving, you're still essentially driving an electric car. But if you need range, these things take gasoline, and when you run out of electric power from that point forward, you're driving a gas engine vehicle, and that would be a good compromise. All right, and Steve wrote in, he says, Clark, how do you find unclaimed money without paying a fee for it? Go to missingmoney.com or unclaimed.org. Those are the two best sites to go to. They are the two legit sites. Let me repeat the names of them again. Missingmoney.com and unclaimed.org. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.